Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of tinea cruris found under the dermatology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 20-year-old overweight woman presents to her physician's office for a rash. She reports to wearing tight jeans despite the hot, humid weather. Physical exam reveals several annular plaques with overlying scale and central clearing on her inner thighs. A skin scraping with KOH preparation reveals hyphae. Let's continue with an introduction to tinea cruris. Clinically, this is defined as a superficial fungal infection of the skin of the groin and inner thighs. This is also known as jock itch. Conditions that are associated include tinea pedis, which is often the source of infection, and onychomycosis. In terms of the incidence, there is a 10-20% to lifetime incidence. Demographically, this tends to affect adolescents and adult males. It also affects adult females who are overweight or wear tight jeans. Risk factors include close contact sports such as wrestling, moist warm environments, immunocompromise, and contact with infected animals. In terms of the pathogenesis, the fungus infects the superficial keratinized tissue and invades the stratum corneum and the terminal hair. In terms of the specific dermatophytes, this is often due to trichophyton, most commonly trichophyton rubrum, as well as microsporum and epidermophyton. Moving on to the presentation, primary symptoms will include an itch. On exam, patients can have a single or multiple lesions. There will be a well-demarcated annular patch or plaque with central clearing with scaling and diffuse erythema. The specific location is on the inner thighs or groin, and this spares the scrotum and mucosa. In terms of further studies, a KOH preparation is performed with skin scrapings at the active edge of the lesion mixed with potassium hydroxide. This will demonstrate the presence of hyphae, indicating a fungal infection. Another option is a wood lamps exam. This is indicated to rule out erythrasma. If there were erythrasma, it would demonstrate coral red fluorescence. In terms of the diagnostic criteria, this is usually based on clinical history and physical exam alone. With regards to the differential, make sure to think about erythrasma, which will demonstrate coral red fluorescence under a Woods lamp. Also think about cutaneous candidiasis. In terms of treatment, medical options include topical therapy. This is indicated for localized lesions. Specific drugs include terbinafine of 1%, which is approved for patients 12 years of age and older, clotrimazole of 1%, which is approved for patients 2 years of age and older, and ketoconazole of 2%. Oral therapy is indicated for widespread disease and for refractory disease. Specific drugs include terbinafine and griseofulvin. Complications related to tinea cruris include secondary bacterial infection. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that this is typically responsive to topical treatment. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to tinea cruris, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 16-year-old Caucasian boy presents to your family practice complaining of itchiness. He denies other symptoms. 
He also denies tobacco, alcohol, or other illicit drug use, and is not sexually active. He has no other significant past medical history or surgical history, aside from a meniscal repair from a wrestling injury sustained two years ago, from which he has recovered fully. Vitals are a temperature of 98.3, heart rate of 67, and blood pressure of 110 over 70. On exam, you note several pruritic, erythematous, slightly raised annular patches with central clearing on his back. Which of the following additional tests or features are sufficient to make the diagnosis of this boy's skin lesion? And the answer choices are... Choice 1. Acid-fast bacilli on smear from skin scrapings. Choice 2. History of a recent herald patch and lesions along skin cleavage lines. Choice 3. Presence of hyphae when KOH is added to the skin scrapings. Choice 4. Symmetrical distribution on the bilateral extremities progressing proximally. Or choice 5. History of time spent in a Lyme endemic region. The best answer to this question is choice 3. Presence of hyphae when KOH is added to skin scrapings. Tinea corporis is a pruritic annular scaly erythematous rash with central clearing and raised borders that is diagnosed by visualization of hyphae when potassium hydroxide is added to skin scrapings. Tinea corporis is a dermatophytosis or superficial fungal infection of the skin, colloquially known as ringworms. If present on the scalp, it is known as tinea capitis. The feet, it is known as tinea pedis. In the groin, it is known as tinea curis. It is transmitted by close contact in warm, moist environments. Wrestlers are at particular risk if matte surfaces are not properly disinfected. Treatment is by topical antifungals, including terbinafine, itraconazole, and fluconazole. Griseal fulvin is falling out of favor due to required duration of treatment, reoccurrence rates, and its bitter taste. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Acid-fast bacilli on skin scraping, along with loss of sensation in patches and thickening of peripheral nerves, are diagnostic criteria for Hansen's disease or leprosy. Choice 2. A herald patch is characteristic of pityriasis rosea. Choice 4. Symmetrical bilateral distribution on extremities progressing proximally is characteristic of erythema multiforme, an idiopathic rash that often follows infection or drug exposure. Choice 5. Presence of erythema migrans is sufficient to make the diagnosis of Lyme disease in an endemic region. That's all for this review about tinea cruris. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.